Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, we begin with Perek Vav, Mishnah Dalid, chapter six, Mishnah number four. The Mishnah begins. Kahi Darka Shel Torah. This is the way to study Torah. Pas b'melach toichal. A person should eat bread with salt. Umayim b'meshura tishte. Drink water in a small measure. V'ala aretz tishon. Sleep on the ground. V'chaye tsar tichye. And you should live a life of deprivation. But toil in Torah. Learn Torah. If you do this, if you, if you live this life of deprivation that we're referring to over here, you are praiseworthy and it's well with you. When it says, what is it referring to? That you're praiseworthy? It's referring to you in, in this world, that you're praiseworthy in this world. right? This is the verse we're referring to in Tehillim, in Psalms, Asherecha V'toivlach. V'toivlach is referring to L'oilam Haba. It's referring to the next world, the world to come. So there's a lot into this Mishnah that we want to cover tonight. The first point which I wanted to bring down is that the past few Mishnayos, talked about, or as, I, as we mentioned before, the brysos that this chapter is dealing with, the last few brysos, are dealing with the beauty of the study of Torah, the advantage of the study of Torah, what we gain from the study of Torah. After we focused on all the positive attributes of studying, of learning, of doing mitzvos. The, the Brisa in, in Dalit over here, Mishnah Dalit, turns to how we actually acquire the crown of Torah. How do we get it that the Torah should go inside of us to, to, go, to be our very essence? And if you look at the Mishnah on a very basic level, it seems very interesting. Because what does it mean that we have to deprive ourselves? Let's look at it one more time. This is the way of the Torah. Eat bread with salt, have a little bit of water, sleep on the ground, live a life of deprivation. But toil in Torah. What is the Mishnah teaching us exactly? It means that if someone wants to have success in Torah learning, he needs to deprive himself. You can't have that good night's sleep on a bed. You can't eat that steak. You can't have the ice cream. Can't have that milkshake. What, how do we understand this Mishnah? So tonight, I want to give a few different explanations that can help us understand this Mishnah. And God willing, we could take from it to make us better people. To help us acquire Torah, to get the crown of Torah. So I wanted to start off that the, the simple way of understanding this Mishnah Seems to be, as, as I said before, as I mentioned before, 
that if a person wants to have success in Torah learning, he needs to deprive himself. He needs to live a very basic life, not indulge in any extras, live very frugally. Only the bare necessities should he have for himself. And anything else is extra, is luxury. And if he does this, if he lives this frugal lifestyle with just the basics, he'll be able to fully focus on the study of Torah and it will go into him. He'll be able to focus on it and it'll go into his being and he'll be able to get the crown of Torah. Now, when I was learning this Mishnah originally, it bothered me, the basic understanding of this Mishnah. Because one of the things which makes Judaism unique is that we don't have this issue with spirituality and materialism. Many other religions in the world, when it comes to the spirituality and materialism, both of them can't go together because it's either you have one or the other. They're two opposite forces. So how do, how do they have no way of reconciling spirituality and physicality. So therefore, it's either you choose one or you choose the other because they can't bring them together. They can't coexist. In Judaism, we know and we believe that we could have both, right? They have this expression in Yiddish, Kenish tanzen at chasanas. You can't dance at two weddings. But we do. We do. Because in Judaism, we believe that when it comes to spirituality and physicality, materialism, and how they coexist, there is an interplay. That the focus of our lives is the spirituality. But we have the ability to harness the physical to serve the spiritual. To use the, the base things in our lives, our, 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 our anim, I guess, the materialism, the, the gashmias that's, that's referred to in Hebrew, to use those to help us elevate ourselves. And that, on, on a simple understanding, that means when I eat a delicious steak, I don't eat it just for my stomach because I want to fill my stomach with something delicious and yummy. I'm eating it so I should be able to serve God better. And when I take a vacation, I'm not just doing it for my own indulgement. Rather, I'm doing it for a purpose, to rejuvenate myself, no pun intended, right? To make ourselves, to, to recharge our batteries. So the, the, the materialistic things that we do, we have the ability to make it spiritual, to, to uplift ourselves spiritually through the physical. So if we know that this is something which is special about Judaism, how do we understand this Mishnah? How do we make any sense of the Mishnah that says, have bread and water, have, you know, salt and bread, I'm sorry, have water, measured amount of water, sleep on the ground, live a life of deprivation. This is the way of the Torah. How does that fit in with our understanding that we're supposed to take the the materialistic, the physical, and harness it for the spiritual, right? It, it, the, the Mishnah seems to be having an understanding or a, 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 that 
It's either one or the other. You can't dance at two weddings. So it seems to be either you pick the, the physical and then you're losing out on the spiritual. You're not going to have the crown of Torah. You're not going to be able to acquire the Torah properly, to study it properly, to perform the mitzvahs properly. Or you drop the physical and you go for the spiritual. You have the bare minimum. So which one is it? How do we understand this Mishnah with these two different concepts? So I wanted to give a few different answers to the Mishnah that will help us understand and reconcile these, these differences to really put us all on the same page as far as our understanding with these two ideas. The first idea, which I saw, is brought down from the Yaivates. And the Yaivates, as far as my understanding, is that he brings down that when it comes to spirituality and the physical, yes, you know, we, we do know this is a given that, there, that we have the physical has to harness, we harness it for the spiritual. But which force is the driving force? Which one is in the driver's seat? Is it that the physical is in charge and there's a little bit of spiritual in there? So maybe it's getting elevated a little bit, but the physical is still in charge. Or is it the other way around? That the, the spiritual is in the driver's seat and, and the physical is taking second fiddle. fiddle. So I, I think the way I'm understanding this is that the, when the Mishnah says, that we should live this life where we don't need so much. The Mishnah is giving us an important message that you're right, that there is this interplay and this coexistence of spirituality and physicality. But which one is taking precedence over which? What's more important? Who's in the driver's seat? And the answer to that question is that couldn't be clear. Because the Mishnah is telling us it's not the physical that is in charge, or it shouldn't be. It's the spiritual. The spiritual should take precedence. And that's maybe the understanding of the Mishnah here, because it's not as possible, salt and bread you should eat. Meaning, focus, you, you could have physical, but what's more important? What's going to be on top of the other? Because if, if, if we're focusing on the physical, and even if there's some spiritual in there, we're, gonna not, we're not going to be able to perform our study of Torah properly, to do the mitzvahs as we could, because the focus is off. We're not having that focus. And this is, an, an, to understand this Mishnah, this is the message that sometimes people, when we, when we, when we let the physical be in the driver's seat to such a degree, we're going to get so pulled away from the spiritual eventually, because if we're always focusing on our physical needs, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. And naturally, the spiritual will lose. But if our focus is on the spiritual and the, the, the physical is secondary, so we could have that enjoyment. We could enjoy a good steak. We could have a good ice cream cone but it's going to be okay if we don't have it because that's not the priority. The priority is the spiritual. And this really ties into the second answer, 
which I wanted to bring down that helps us answer this question. They're very similar, a little different. Is that Rashi explains on this Mishnah that, and he uses a similar concept, that it's being happy with what you have. That when the Mishnah is not telling us that we have to have bread and water, right? The question again is that why is the Mishnah, how do we reconcile this Mishnah with this idea that we could have physical in our lives? We're allowed to have a good steak. We're allowed to, we know that we're supposed to take the physical and use it for the spiritual. So Rashi explains is that the Mishnah is not telling us that we have to have bread and water, that we have to have a small amount of uh, a small amount of water, or we have to sleep on the floor, and that we have to live a life of deprivation. That's not what the Mishnah is telling us. The Mishnah is telling us that if we're in a situation where we have only bread and salt, where we only have a little bit of water, where we only have a place on the floor to sleep. We still have an obligation and a responsibility to study Torah, to apply ourselves. No matter which situation in life we find ourselves in, we have a obligation and responsibility to God and to Hashem to study, to apply our minds, to perform mitzvahs. And that's what the Mishnah is telling us here. The Mishnah is saying that even if you're in a situation where you only have the minimum, you only have bread and salt, you only have a little bit of water, you don't have a good mattress, you're on the floor, you still need to study Torah and apply yourself. And the lesson that we get from this, the, the underlying message from this, is a concept of being consistent. Being consistent in our lives, consistency. And there's an expression, consistency is the key. When we're consistent, that's growth. Because no matter what, you know, every person has different things that come up in their lives. That's what life's about. It's about being able to deal with what comes at us. We all have different challenges that we face, different things that can pull us away from Hashem, from God, pull us away from our spirituality, take us away from our Judaism. And the, the mission is, our job is to, to overcome these obstacles as we face them. And sometimes a day might pass and we didn't have as much time as we would have liked to study. Or we didn't have an opportunity to do the mitzvot as we should have. But are we giving up? Are we still, at the end of the day, are we going to open a book to learn for a few minutes? Because it's consistency is the key. And it's a big part of growth, um, which is very important for people to remember. Being consistent. Because that's how we change ourselves. Things when we, when we start training ourselves, we get into routines. We're able to, it becomes part of us, the things that we do. So the Mishnah is telling us a very important point for life, that when it comes to our Torah and our mitzvot and any good thing we do, we need to be consistent. That no matter if we don't have anything, where people are sitting with nothing, they don't have anything, they still have this obligation to learn, to apply themselves, to not give up. 
And you, you know, there's these amazing stories which which I've heard during like uh, during the Holocaust. People had you know many people sharing one ripped out page of a Gemara that even in the in, in the darkest of hours, people were able to study Torah no matter what, or they had from memory. People would go over tractates that they knew in their mind, um, time and time again, because no matter where they were, they had. They studied Torah. They applied themselves because that's what life is all about, is that going back and keeping at it and keeping at it and studying and studying. And that's growth. That's real growth. Because when the, 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 the main, I guess, point of growth for a person, the biggest growth spurts happen when you don't want to do something and you do it anyways. And it reminds me of uh, what, my, what one of my coaches said during running by the, by the training for the marathon. He said, you're, when, during the course of your marathon, you're going to hit a point where you f- you're going to feel like you don't want to go on anymore. You want to stop. And he said, this Dr. Owen Anderson, he said that that moment is the moment you've been training for. Because usually... If you push through, things get easier after that point. But when it comes, to, and it, the similar could be said for our spiritual lives as well. The, the point, when we get to that time and that place, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to study. We don't want to do the mitzvah. We have this internal fight. Do it, not do it. Learn, yes, learn, no learn. That's the moment we've been training for. And usually if we're able to overcome, right, we know that Hashem only gives us tests that we can pass. And if we're able to pass that test, usually it becomes easier after that point. So number one, I wanted to that we get out from this Mishnah, from the second answer of, of this question, that it's not telling us to live a life of deprivation, the Mishnah. It's telling us that no matter which situation we find ourselves in, we should be able to withstand the challenge and still apply ourselves. And we learn from this the trait of being consistent and how it can affect our growth. And actually that in in itself could be the biggest growth that the times that we don't want to do something and we do it anyway, the amount of, of enjoyment that we feel from that moment and the amount that we feel that we can gain from it is just tremendous. Another th- answer that I wanted to bring down that helps understand this Mishnah is, um, is this thought, which I heard from my cousin, Rav Elio Shmuel Ziskin, who heard from Rav Beryl Soloveitchik. And I think this was also brought down in a maral that when the Mishnah, again, is telling us that we should have water, I'm sorry, that we should have bread and salt and water and sleep on the floor. It's not telling us um, that we a maximum. It's telling us a minimum. What does that mean? It means that when the Mishnah says you should have bread and salt, the way the Torah is to have bread and salt, a little bit of water, sleep on the floor, live a life of deprivation. That's, that means a maximum. That means if there's a person who only needs in his life, all he needs is a little bit of bread, a little bit of water, 
could sleep on the floor. That's what he should do. He doesn't need more. He shouldn't get more. He shouldn't try to get more. But if there's a person who needs more than that, he needs a steak. He needs ice cream. He needs that mattress. So whatever level you are on, whatever you need, and this is not necessarily the easiest question to answer, honestly, whatever you need, that's what you should have, but not more than that. Don't go for the extras, the upgrade. Because if you only need you know, the regular edition, then just go for the regular edition. Don't go for the fully loaded. And the idea that the Mishnah is telling us here is that the way of the Torah is, is that you just take what you need from the physical world. Don't take extra from the physical world. If you need to take a vacation, take a vacation. If you need to, to, to have this nice shirt, you can have this nice shirt. You want to have a nice watch? Is that what you need? If you need it, you could take it from the physical world because it's going to help you. It's going to help you become a better Torah scholar. It's going to help you perform mitzvot. It's going to help you with your, with your, with your Torah study. You're not going to be able to do it otherwise. But if you start getting into extras, things that you don't necessarily need, so then what's going to happen? Your mind is slowly going to drift away further and further into the weeds to not be able to focus on your Torah studies because you're starting to get into extra. Once you want one thing extra, you're going to want the next thing extra. And what, there's never an end to it. There's never an end to it. You're going to want another thing and another thing. And before you know it, you're going to be pulled further and further away from the Torah, from the mitzvot, from studying. And when the Mishnah says, this is the way of the Torah, the Torah is giving us an outlook that when it comes to the physical world, there's nothing wrong of partaking with the physical world. It's just that we need to know what we need. We should take what we need. Not more, not less, but just what we need. And when we do that properly, we take the exact amount, what we can use. We're able to uplift it spiritually, and it helps us helps us become better people. It helps us maximize our potential. It helps us study Torah, helps us do mitzvot and so on and so forth. If we do less, it could hurt us because we won't, maybe we're not going to reach our potential if we don't have what we need. So we won't be able to study. I remember hearing a story actually, which fits very well into this understanding of the Mishnah. I'm not sure which um, great Torah scholar this was with, but there was a certain Torah scholar, I guess, in the early days of the, of the state of Israel, there wasn't, it wasn't really common, not even the early days, even the late, not even so long ago, it wasn't so common that everyone had air conditioning. Most people did not have air conditioning. And there was a certain Torah scholar, I don't remember who, so I'm not going to say who I think it might have been, who didn't have air conditioning. And for years and years and years, he refused it because he didn't felt he needed it. And at, after a certain point, I guess his family prevailed and they put in an air conditioner. And later on, it bothered him that maybe he should have put it in earlier because he could have learned better for all those years that he was sitting in the boiling hot heat. Maybe it would have been better for him had he been sitting in a comfortably cooled room. Right? Mean to say is maybe he needed that. 
to maximize his potential. So the message here is don't take less, don't take more, just take what's just right, just in the middle. And also, I'm not saying it's such an easy thing to know exactly what we need. It's not necessarily an easier thing. And hopefully, we're, we're in touch with ourselves enough that we can be honest and tell ourselves as far as when things are going a little bit overboard. And hopefully, we should have good people that we could speak to to tell us when we're maybe going a little bit too far with our physical needs. And even on the flip side as well, that we're not doing enough. So it's important to be honest with ourselves on both ends when it comes to doing too little and when it comes to doing too much. The second part of the Mishnah continues. With right? We quote a, a verse in Psalms that says, you are praiseworthy and it's well with you. And the Mishnah says, you are praiseworthy in this world. When the, when the psalm, when it says in Tehillim, you are, you are praiseworthy, and it, I'm sorry, and it is well for you, it's referring to the next world. The first point which I wanted to bring out is that that we have, there's an obligation to, to toil in the study of Torah, to work hard. And we know that it's brought down in, in Eov and in Job. Adam yulad. A person is born to work. A person, we don't feel good unless we work hard, right? That's why we have sometimes different challenges we have in our world. That God, in, in this world, God gives us challenges so we should feel good about our accomplishments. We shouldn't just feel like we're on easy street. But it's important that we should remember that our efforts should be for Torah study and for, for mitzvahs. Because ultimately, that's what's real, is that in our lives, that's forever. Be, and, and that should be our mindset as well, to take our efforts. Obviously, we, we work hard in everything we do, but especially when it comes to our spiritual pursuits, we should make sure that we are putting in that effort to, to do our best and work hard. And there's nothing wrong with it. If something, if there's a resistance for you to do a good thing, that means you're probably on the right track because it's not necessarily always supposed to be easy. That when it comes to spiritual endeavors, we need to work hard if we're going to feel good about what we're going to do. Just like anything else. If a person doesn't work hard in his career, he's not going to feel accomplished. So when it comes to our spiritual lives as well, that if when we face this resistance, we should know that we're probably going in the right direction if, we, if it's not going so easy. Because it's not necessarily supposed to be easy. And not being easy doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. It, it's, I feel like, you know, nowadays, if something's not easy, it's equated with not being good. That further, that can't be the, fur, that's the further from the truth, the furthest from the truth. That's the furthest from the truth. Because it's when we work hard, that's when we feel the best about things. And the, the last point, which I wanted to bring out from this Mishnah, is that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the question that's brought down is that we just said this is the way of the Torah. You should do this: have bread with wa- have bread with salt, have a small amount of water, sleep on the ground, and toil in Torah. That's the way of the Torah. So why is the Mishnah repeating now 
And if you do this, you're praiseworthy. We know already this is the right way to do it because the Mishnah said in the beginning, this is the way of the Torah. So obviously, if it's the way of the Torah, it's a good thing. Why did the Mishnah feel the need to repeat it itself and say, and if you do this, you're praiseworthy and it's going to be well with you. What is the idea that the Mishnah is trying to convey? And I heard a beautiful answer, again, from my cousin, Elio Shmuel Ziskin. And he said like this, many times, and we do see this in other in other places, in other religions, that people, again, with the spiritual and the physical, that there's the people who are the, you know, there's one caste of people, caste, where they're the spiritual people, and, and everyone else is just like the regular people. In Judaism, we have to all realize that we have all have the ability to have a portion of the Torah. And I've talked about this before. We all have the ability and the, the wherewithal to gain, a, to get to a tremendously high level. No matter where we're from, what our background is, and what our circumstances is, are. And it's not just for the rabbis. It's not just for the leaders of the generation. It's for each and every individual that we all can reach our potential to get to great levels in Torah scholarship, in mitzvah observance, and we can reach very, very great heights and connections and a connection with Hashem that we would have never imagined. And that's what the Mishnah is telling us. It says, Im if you do this, each and every one of you, everybody, that it's not just for the rabbis, it's not just for the leaders, that you can do this, and you can do this, and you can do this. Every one of us can live the life of Torah to get that, that crown, to, 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 to grow in our year Hashemayim, in our fear of heaven, to grow in our mitzvah observance, to grow in our study of Torah, and it's not out of reach of any individual. So it's something we should definitely keep in mind. So tonight we shared a few different ideas, a few different understandings of how we can learn this Mishnah by answering that question, by putting together how it's not a contradiction to live a life of Torah and to have the physical world as well. And we explained three different answers as well as we answered the, the, in the end of the Mishnah why it seems to have that double phraseology, the imata oisakin, that why... And, if you do this to teach us that each and every one of us can become great in our own right, and we should remember this. So with that, I'm going to finish today's Mishnah. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomokom with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.